You are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy Sexyboys. So I might be editing out the uh, the throat clearing. The throat clearing. Because I can't just mute my mic. I'm on the same mic mm. as you. Yeah, this is post Thanksgiving. Yep. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. We just went to Applebee's and don't got judge four clo- or four meals because we had one for the day mm-hmm. and then saved one for the next day. And well, we're also supporting. I know it's a chain, but we're still supporting a business, you know, by doing curb takeout except they're open for dining which kills me yeah again i'm sure that's not the uh, desire of the people working there but nope. at the same time if the dining room isn't open people aren't working and yeah. so it's just there's no good answer here no it's just weird to see people actually inside the restaurant eating as we pulled up a lot of them yeah in a state where covid is out of control Mm-hmm. yeah and then we're gonna have another big spike in the middle of december because our idiot governor mm-hmm. said oh you know it's okay to gather with your families no it is not do not <laughs> gather with anyone whom you do not live with just don't i saw somebody post a rather grim but funny text thread with their family it's like well are you gonna come to thanksgiving it's like hell no it's like what about your famous cranberry sauce or whatever and it's like well then you can bring it to my funeral (laughs) (laughs) it's like one or the other either we're not going to go, or I'm going to go possibly catch something and die. Yeah, my mom... Well, we were... All three of us kids were really not wanting to do it in person because mom is 82. Right. And at high risk. Right. And if she got COVID-19, she would probably die. Yes. We don't want that. Nope. And... I am sick of hearing people say, well, they were old, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make their life not valuable. Yep. It just... Mm. You can be old and still contribute to society. That's that's fascism. Mm-hmm. Fascism hates disabled people. Mm-hmm. It hates old people. And it hates babies. It hates... Does it hate babies? Yeah. Oh, it is. it hates babies once they're born. Oh, I see. It doesn't want support for babies. Oh, it... Likes the unborn, mm-hmm. but once you're born... Then you're just... You know. you contribute nothing. All you're doing is eating food. Unless you're a white baby. That's even a so. Story. Even with a white baby. Mm. 
Sorry. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> yeah. People of color, uh, immigrants, different religions. But anyway, so we decided that we were going to try to convince mom not to do Thanksgiving in person. She had already convinced herself, so no convincing was necessary on our part. And so we all had our individual Thanksgivings, and we did a Zoom call with mom, which, by the way, next time she demands that you are there. Okay, well, <laughs> I was available. I just well, the thing happen. is, I did not know that spouses were required. Yeah, no one said that. That wasn't the agreement. No. Yeah, it was the sisters and your mom. Yeah. So whatever. I don't know what I'd have to contribute, but you I could just, still be there. It doesn't matter. Just you, be there. And just listening. be there, so that she can see you. Yep. Which is possible on Zoom. And it's not like they were on Paul and Phil the whole time. Yeah. It was, you know... Oh, were they there? Yeah. Oh, you could have called me to join. <clears throat> eh, wasn't... I didn't feel like it was really worth the trouble. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I, I would have just sat there silently necessary. listening. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, that was our Thanksgiving experience. Yes. We had a very laid-back day. It was nice. Yeah, chowed down and watched some stuff mm -hmm. mandalorian yep got to see ahsoka tano yeah which i think everybody's already knows from the previous episode so yeah know, it's just nice to see in live action the character well, realized everybody knew that ahsoka tano was going to be in it yeah it was just a matter of when yep. And since the guy who created her uh, was directing the episode, I figured that would be the episode <laughs> in which we saw her. That makes sense. My good friend Patrick put me on to that particular uh, frame of thinking. Mm. So, and, and I had heard a while back that Rosario Dawson had been cast yes. in the role. So I think she did a good job. And I, there seems to be a lot of criticism coming out regarding The Mandalorian. There's also a lot of people just flat out loving it mm. but that it's basically just a bunch of quests and, and that it's like the director playing with star wars toys those are the things that make it great mm -hmm. because star wars originally i mean in its purest form is tapping into the hero of the thousand faces you know the whole hero's journey thing mm -hmm. and what is more like that than the quest storyline of the old Greek myths, of your Golden Fleece, of your Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. That it's, go here, do this, to achieve this, so you can go to this next thing and achieve that. <laughs> that's the basic premise. I mean, that's comic books, too. That's, I mean, isn't that, that isn't that kind of just... want from a series? Isn't that kind of just the way life works? Yeah. It's like, okay, you need to get a job to get money to get a car so you can have a job. Yeah. And then you need insurance and... Yeah, life things. is a series of quests. Indeed. Some are fun and some are not. You need a house to have an address so you can get a job, so you can make money to afford a house. You can see the problem. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why generational wealth is a thing. It's the people who succeed get money passed down to them, and the rest of us have to struggle. And they say, raise yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like, well, that's uh, called levitation. It's like, you didn't have to do that yourself, so mm -hmm. bite me. Yeah. Don't tell me yeah. to do something that you have no knowledge of. <laughs> or the people that said are against any kind of handouts and then talk about how their family had to survive on food stamps. It's like, that's that's a handout. You just mm -hmm. said why it's good to have yeah. welfare. 
is that you survived because of it and now you're against it or because you got yours and that's enough. Mm -hmm. It's always different when they're the ones who are on the receiving end. Another post Thanksgiving thing is the very, well, that very evening I put up the tree, Mm. the Christmas tree, the Gothamist tree. Gothamist tree, yes. And then left it undecorated because that was enough for then. For one thing, we sprayed it for, you know, our previous kitty, our Simba kitty, would like to get into the tree and stuff. So we sprayed it with this apple kind of scented stuff. Mm-hmm. So he would avoid it because it tastes bad to cats. Sour apparently. apple. Yeah, sour yeah. apple. But that means any time I put it up, still some of that's on there and it gets in my mouth. <laughs> oh, no! You didn't tell me that! So every time I put up the tree, it's like I get this sour apple taste. It's like... Bleh. Well, why didn't you wear your mask? That's true. I could have done that. Yeah. Oh, I was already had to take my top off because I was sweating. Yeah. And that's but... even before we placed the thermostat, which is another thing. Yeah, our thermostat uh, went kaput. Yeah, it went kaput. Um, there's this little piece where the battery would go that kept falling out, and I was replacing the batteries and lost it. It's gone. I searched the house for it. Mm-hmm. I used magnets and everything. This little metal piece just disappeared into the void yes so you had the good sense to look online for a replacement of the exact model yep it's it's not exact exact but it's similar enough that it works well it's the same model number yeah it's just an updated version yeah it still has all the same functions yes it does and supposedly it's programmable yeah it's got some bits i set the time on it oh it just kicked on just right now yeah but yeah, it was I had to find a tiny little screwdriver so I could open up the panel to actually remove it so I could put it on the old panel. But yeah, now we have heat again, which is yeah. tough because we were having to use little electric heaters and they don't heat a room very well. They heat a small room. Yeah. With doors yeah. that are closed. If you use like a little bathroom, you know, something that's like four foot by four foot or whatever. We should have tacked up blankets over the doors. Oh, that would have been interesting. I did go downstairs and get that little uh, barrier that you can put under a door to keep outside air coming in. Put that in front of the front door. Yeah, the draft dodger. Draft dodger? Is that what they're called? That's what they're called. Draft dodger. Yeah, we have heat again. I didn't think it worked for a second and then looked down and it's like, oh, there's an on switch. Click. And then, (laughs) then you hear it kick and start and you're like, oh, there we go. Yes. Helps to actually look at the buttons and switches and stuff. And the benefit is we didn't have to rewire everything for a whole new thermostat. Oh, no, we did not. We just replaced the cover, and I got new batteries in there, so they should last us for a while. We have heat. We have a decorated tree because, yeah, the day after Thanksgiving, I, you wanted the blue and silver this year. I did. For a kind of nice wintry look. Yes, considering that if you look out the window, it looks like fucking summer out there. Yeah, it's near the end of, you know, well, it is the end of November, and you look outside, and there's not a drop of snow. I am worried, because if we don't get enough snowpack, then we're going to have a drought of a summer. Yeah, we will. And we already had wildfires <sighs> last year. Galore. Or, yeah, so. This year, too. Yeah. It's rough. There were fires everywhere this year. Oh, Yeah. Had a friend's house that was somewhat in danger. Yeah. South of Salt Lake. It's not cool. No, it's not cool. No, so it would be nice to get some snow, even though I have to shovel it. (laughs) 
Well, I keep telling you, if we could repair the snow thrower, oh, yeah. then it would be wouldn't be an issue. Figure out what's wrong with the snow thrower. It might be a spark plug issue, but yeah, I'd have to look at what tool I need because the spark plug is like buried in the in the engine. Well, I'm sure we could figure it out, and now would be the time when there's yeah. not snow. Yeah, true enough. There's me thinking ahead and shit. Yep, ahead. <laughs> yes, for when we do get snow. Uh. Yeah, that's basically our post-Thanksgiving thing and our news and what have you. Is there anything else before we get into proper news and reviews other than just talking briefly about Mando? Uh-oh. All right, so news and reviews. Anything up to start for you or do you want me to? Go start. Go, go start. start. Go, go start. start. Go start is a band. We talked about that um do you want me to talk about an album that i got sure uh for black lives matter i've been this year buying an album on Bandcamp friday where they waive the fees for the artists so they get all the proceeds for whatever you buy and i'd be getting albums mostly from the dark alternative scene with uh, black artists in the band and this time it went a little to the right of that, just, you know, just turned somewhat. <laughs> it's still independent stuff, but it's uh, Tony Newsom and Bethany Thomas. They're completely independent album material flats that they recorded together during quarantine. So it's just one thing, something to do. And there was a creative spark to do it because of all the protests, you know, George Floyd and black lives matter there's a song on there called juneteenth mm. that is punk heavy and rather progressive too it goes through a lot of changes and yeah it's all about the holiday that a lot of people weren't aware of until recently unless you're in the black community of juneteenth of when in texas the slaves there found out that slavery was abolished two years earlier yeah two years later so it's all around you know the teen days of, of june where this was revealed and it's a big celebration taking time to understand the things i celebrate taking time to understand the things that keep me lonely the further i go the clearer it becomes to me this land is my land and to have a, a song about that is pretty cool and there's some stuff that I think Tani classifies as desert punk in there. Because she lives in the desert mm-hmm. with her husband. They also were at risk of a wildfire, yeah. unfortunately. Nothing too bad had happened. I think they had to evacuate and like a door got left open and some animals got inside. <laughs> Oopsie. So so they had a couple of uh, desert animals living in their house for a little while. So that was interesting. But yeah, if you don't know Tani Newsome, she plays Beckett Mariner on Lower Decks. Uh, she's an improviser, was on many episodes of Spontaneous Nation, was on Bajillion Dollar Properties that... Was that name of that comedy network that was around for a little while? CISO. CISO, yeah, that was there for a minute and gone. 
Which is too bad. Yeah, I think it moved to Hulu. 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 No, Hulu. it's gone. Hulu. No, uh, the bajillion dollar properties. Oh, bajillion dollar I think properties okay. might have been picked up by Hulu. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, that's Tawny Newsome. Uh, you forget. She's also one half of the two hosts of the Pod Directive. Was a, oh yeah, she's on the Pod Directive, the Star Trek podcast. She's also one half of the hosts of Yo Is This Racist, which just went independent. Yeah, they also went independent. Uh, Tani was apparently not happy with their ad scheme at Airwolf or Earwolf, Earwolf, and so she and Andrew have left and went independent which meant there was like a hundred yeah (laughs) podcasts Mm -hmm. in my podcast app saying hey these are free to download and i'm like uh okay i I, it was seriously because my podcast app i hate the update to it frankly Mm -hmm. because now it lists all of these things in a different way as to far as what's a new episode and there was just like i kept swiping and there was just more yo is this racist i'm like oh they've already gone independent and that's why i have 50 million of these yeah it was fun having to go through and delete delete those those. individually yeah fix that apple yeah well i still have podcasts on my podcast app that i don't know how to get rid of they're just there i i can't remove remove download i can't delete and i can't mark as played they're just there You'll have to show me. Maybe I can do something. Yeah, is yeah. All the three ways I can think of getting rid of a podcast that's on there, I can't. Do. You mean a podcast episode? Not yeah, a podcast, podcast episode. Yeah, okay. not the podcast itself, but the right. episodes. I might be are just to help you. there permanently from the from what it seems. They just have a little plus sign on it saying, "Hey, you can add this." It's like it's already there. It's already added. What are you talking about? Let me help you with that. Yeah, uh, apparently she's. In the black regarding the album that Yay. she's already made back enough money for what she put into it. And she is moving that kind of independent spirit into Yo Is This Racist so they can act independently as well. Good for them. So it's a cool album. Check it out. It's got a lot of variety on it. There's some kind of bluesy roadhouse sounding tracks on there that kind of have, you know, this southwestern vibe and... Then there's some of that desert punk and then some full-on punk as well. So it's it's surprising. It reminds me a bit of The Pretenders. Hmm. So that's what I, I mentioned. And Tawny read that and was like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's like there's, I particularly liked, you know, some of the bass patterns. She said, well, I'll tell our bass player. So, yeah, really good. She's got a good voice. I mean, that's something she do is improvise musical stuff. She also had a podcast called Supergroup for mm-hmm. a short while in which she'd get some celebrity on to make a song in a week, which is insanity. Yep. Then he had her recording partner that had kind of a, a gothic background, so he'd add some kind of darker elements to their music, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So check that out Material Flats by Tawny Newsom and her recording partner, Bethany Thomas. Just the right time,
things happened. Things happened. Um, Stuff and things. So last time I was talking about joining Starfleet and that our ship was going to get commissioned. And we had our commissioning ceremony this past Monday. Excellent. And the commander-in-chief of Starfleet was in our Zoom meeting, which none of us expected at all. He took great interest in my life-size Spock, as did everyone, really. Um, (laughs) It's a conversation piece. It was kind of awkward at times, but it was really a lot of fun. Because you know the delay with a bunch of people, and some of them don't have the best Wi-Fi, etc. So, yeah. But it it was wonderful and fun, and we all got a certificate, and my promotion to Ensign was announced, so yay me, I'm now an Ensign, now I'm going for Lieutenant JG, so I'm going the Boimler track, baby. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Trexgiving. My friend Aaron, with whom I do Infinite Trek, he had this idea that since none of us could get together to do any kind of sort of get together yeah. <laughs> i can't think of a better word get he, together to have a get together yeah he wanted to do this thing called Trexgiving on black friday which we called black alert friday because discovery yes and he invited a lot of podcasters youtubers etc to join in on the fun and we were going to broadcast it on youtube and facebook and twitter i don't know how the twitter thing worked apparently we had over 350 views wow because the stream i was looking on had at most seven viewers at one point and it kept dropping down to maybe like three and then would climb back up again yeah the youtube had the youtube stream had the most viewers yeah and of course, it's still available after the fact. Uh, another fun part of that was that fan sets gave us a whole bunch of pins to give away. Yeah, sets of pins. And so we did trivia questions. This went on for about three hours. Actually, we went a little bit long. Mm-hmm. We went about 20 minutes long. And there were a total of 11 of us that were participating. However, StreamYard can only handle 10 people at a time. Right. And so... When Trek Geek Bill uh, was ready to come on, I had already volunteered as tribute to leave. Right. So I still watched what was going on on the stream, but I dropped out for about an hour. And then I get a message from Bruce saying, hey, I need to go. You want to come back in? I'm like, <laughs> sure, let's swap out. The thing is, is that he had to completely exit StreamYard, mm-hmm. as in not just go into the waiting room, but completely exit StreamYard so that I could get in. Wow. Because <laughs> if you have 10 people already on screen, you can't even have anyone in your waiting room. Mm. And it was a lot of fun. The swearing started early. <laughs> well, Kennedy is a hoot. <laughs> Kennedy. Kennedy from Women at Warp and various other things. Oh, you wind her up and just let her go. and I, I mean, could I could talk to her all day. Yeah. She just... Yeah. Take over. It's like, yeah, yeah we're, we're in good hands because you just mm-hmm. let her go off. It was a lot of fun. And I got to talk to people I'd not talked to before, like Kennedy and Grace, who is also from Women at Warp. Yep. And Steve Shives, who is a YouTuber. I knew everybody else had interacted with them before. And uh, it was also a good way to get new people interested in the things that they hadn't 
known about before. Like there were people in the chat that were like, okay, I know who Jesse and Steve are, but I don't know the rest of you. And now I now have to find out. <laughs> so, yay. So, oh yeah. There's infinite Trek. There's positively Trek. There's women at war. Dr. Trek himself was there. Yep. Larry Nemechek was there. He needed to turn down his mic. He was game. a little loud. He was, his mic game was probably, it may have been on auto adjust. It might have been. Maybe he did not know that. Because it seemed like he was peaking a lot. He peaked a lot. Yeah. The thing is, is that you can't hear yourself, so you don't know that nope. that's happening. No. It was a lot of fun, and it's something that Aaron would like to do, like, quarterly and yeah. support a charity. I like the so, idea. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are on board with that. It's probably better if we don't have 10 people. It yeah. can be very chaotic. I think four is good, and then just swap out. Yeah, well, four to six is fine. Yeah. It was funny because we started out by Aaron telling everyone to say who we were and what we did and how we got into Star Trek. And after I vomited out all the shows that I do and podcasts that I do, everybody was ribbing me for the rest of the show it's for like, well, being it was, an overachiever. We're very lucky to have Brandy here, and she's not recording some other podcast at the moment. <laughs> Just, so hell, you got, what, six shows altogether? Seven. 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 Wow. Yep. Seven shows, including this one, of course. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um... <laughs> And it wasn't until the show was almost over that Kennedy realized that my Spock wasn't Ethan Peck's Spock. Mm -hmm. And she was all about that. Yeah, she thought it was Zachary Quinto at first. And was like, oh, wait, that's an Ethan Peck. Why doesn't he have the beard? Because like there isn't one. And if there were, mm -hmm. I would have it. Yeah, if I had the bearded Spock, it would be the bearded Spock. Yeah. It was not available. It has, it has not been made. I really should make one. Get on that, Star Trek shop. Um, people playing with their action figures. Yeah, Jesse has a lot of action figures. Yeah. It was it was just a lot of fun and very enjoyable. So, yeah. Yeah, you can actually still watch that on the Outpost 13 YouTube channel. Nice. So if you just go to YouTube and search for Outpost 13, you can find that video. Good times there. And I also have an album to review. Oh, cool. Because. Oh, now's the time for it too, huh? Scratch, scratch, scratch. Yes. So Straight No Chaser, which is my favorite acapella group. Right. Of all time. Released a new album, which is no easy trick in the COVID-19 world. Yes. When there's true. 10 of them all yeah. in different places. They all recorded remotely, all mm -hmm. of them, and then mixed it all together and somehow made it sound like they were all in the same damn studio. That's insanity. Yep. So they released this album called Social Christmasing. <laughs> and it's got some standards on it, but I would say probably close to half of these songs I had never heard before. Mm. Which means they could have been written by the group or someone in the group, or mm. they could be songs that I just don't know. There almost always is one that just annoys the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. And on this album, it's A Long December. I fucking hate that song. Okay. So much. Right. Because it's not really a Christmas song. Oh. I mean, and it's annoying. Listen to it and you will understand. I don't know why I would want to listen to an annoying song. Yeah, but I'm just saying you would probably recognize the song if you heard it. Oh, okay. It's a recognizable song, but I'm like, 
This is not a Christmas song. It says it's a December song, yeah. I but mean, not really it's a Christmas midwinter. Song. But it's songs. It's just you know, it's just yeah. okay. But other than that, I very much enjoyed this album. I will have to get used to the songs that I don't know, but yeah. they were fun. And I mean, there are standards on there though, right? Oh yeah, well, yeah. it starts off with Silver Bells. Yeah. And we also have First Noel and Frosty the Snowman. Holly Jolly Christmas is one of my favorite upbeat Christmas songs. Yeah. I really love that song. And um, Away in a Manger. Okay. Happy Holiday and O Come O Come Emmanuel and O Come All You Faithful Medley. Oh, fun. So some standards there. Yeah. Most of the time there's that one song that's just fun and funny. Right. There isn't really one of those on this album. That's interesting because there's usually like who spiked the eggnog yeah. or something like that. There's, I think it's okay that yeah. there's not that song because it's a different world. Yeah, it's a different year and maybe they just didn't feel it. Yeah. And it's hard to collaborate on something like that when you can't be together. Yeah. I mean, a Zoom call can work, but not the same way as being in the same room. Right. So I enjoy the Christmas album. They've also started putting out merch. Damn, you guys. And they're going to do live stream concerts. Oh, wow. So that's adorable. Yeah, I guess uh, my brother, my brother, me, Adventure Zone have been doing that. Yeah, they they did it on a Saturday night during when I was doing the Unready Room, so I couldn't see it. Yeah, I think Sawbones opened. Apparently it was uh, a hit. Yeah, very well received. I think they're going to continue doing that. Of course, Griffin made the joke that they were never touring again. They were all just going to do virtual Well, they all have social anxiety, like all three of them do. Yeah, and I can't blame them. I have social anxiety. And so imagine becoming that popular. Mm Mm-hmm. And then touring with your show. It's like how anytime they do a live show, they don't like the lights, the house lights up. Yeah. Because it's it's too frightening to have all the audience looking at you. Yeah. Or when the audience is particularly loud, Mm -hmm. when they're plotting something, it's a. Yeah, we we terrified them when they came to Salt Lake. Because Salt Lake gets loud. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, you know, a Bravanel Hall has uh, like three floors. Mm -hmm. So. It has yeah. first mezzanine, second mezzanine, third mezzanine. <laughs> yeah. We're a very good audience. Yes, we I've are. I've heard that from a lot of people when they come to Utah. We are appreciative. As, yeah, that we're appreciative. and We're not L.A. We're not New York. No, we're not going to fold our arms and look. Because any place where there's already show business industry there, mm-hmm. people watch a thing criticizing it and wishing they were there instead. That's a problem with a lot of L.A. crowds. Well, that's not actually what I was saying, but what I was saying is that you get those big audiences in those big cities and people don't even think about Salt Lake City as a huge venue. And it is. And people are starting to realize that because it is our finally started coming Mm -hmm. here a few years ago. So, yeah, yeah. it's a good cultural center. And you don't have to think that you won't find an audience here because you will Salt Lake skews blue you know they're more liberal minded st george i can see you getting you know more conservative why would you go to st george it's just a bunch of retirees yeah but in salt lake and the surrounding area then yeah you can pretty much bring anything there yeah we have a dark arts festival we've never gone but it's a you know basically a gothic arts festival for art and music yes so we have that 
here. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, back to social Christmasing. Right. Thumbs up on Thumbs that, up. except for a long December. Okay. But I can't fault them for doing the song. I mean, they do it well. I just hate the song. Right. I, I And it's not even, I dislike the song. I hate It's just one of those, that's like Feliz Navidad that you just hate. Yeah, except it's longer than Feliz Navidad. Oh, I just say the long December. You don't do yeah. a long December, make it a short song. Yeah. Anyway, I just don't like it. Okay. Yeah. So yep. good, good times. Glad I got it. I have all their Christmas albums. Yeah. And I, they're like some of my most favorite Christmas Didn't music. Did they of all do time. a thing with Weird Al, or am I thinking of the wrong person? I don't recall okay. them doing something no, with Weird Al. I thought they did something with somebody famous, but I can't remember uh, who it was. They've done things with many people famous. Okay. They've done the, things with Otis Redding. They've done right. things with CeeLo Green. Right. Um, CeeLo Green, I think. Yeah. Okay. And uh, various and sundry other people. Barry Manilow. They've done stuff with Barry Manilow. Right. Um, there's somebody I'm missing. A couple of people I'm missing. Yeah. So I know they worked with some quite famous people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Uh, dark track? Dark track. Okay, dark track. This time comes from the band Attrition. They're now on the project label, and since I have a kind of DJ relationship with Sam Rosenthal of project records that uh, get a lot of music made available to me attrition's a pretty pretty big name but a pretty small name at the same time so when you talk about the pioneers of industrial rock that names like einstersind and neubauten and throbbing gristle and you know spk and all these bands get mentioned and attrition is there too but you don't hear them named very often i think in terms of experimental electronic music they're a bit lower key you know they're not as abrasive generally speaking and so i think they get overlooked though i do remember attrition having quite a surge in popularity in the late 80s early 90s i've heard the name mentioned quite a few times but yeah we have a song by attrition the band from coventry in the uk mm-hmm and it's a song called Atomizer, and then in parentheses, Custom Mother, that is, or was, recorded live in Copenhagen. So this is Attrition with Atomizer, Custom Mother.
I was grooving to it. I liked the beat very much. Yeah, that, and the zaps. I yeah, there's zaps. some zaps in the center around like the, the middle eight of it. That it feels like they're being squelched too. There's a little pitch change in the zaps as they go. So I think they're on a synthesizer just kind of squelching it to to change the tone of the zaps. So that's that's a fun moment. I like the percolating bass that always sends me in a song. That kind of sound. It's like bubbling in the background. And then bubbling. Yeah, the, the beat's pretty solid. Really deep vocals and performed live, so it's a little difficult to hear unless maybe you have headphones on, you know, and you can isolate the the individual words better than, you know, playing out of a laptop. Yes. So, because you do pick up on him saying custom mother every once in a while, but yeah, very deep guttural vocals. Yes. For a pretty cool tune. Very much so. And yeah, a little bit of reverb that you get with live performances that I always enjoy too. I like that touch. You know, the kind of sound that helps fill the space rather than a studio recording that's a little more crisp and clean. Like a little bit of rounded edges when it comes to a, a live song. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I got that through Project Records on Bandcamp, the cool. Live in Coventry album by Attrition. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, here are... Um some of the other people that straight no chaser have worked with okay uh kristen bell oh nice colby i don't know how to pronounce her last name kylet i don't know if that's how it's pronounced uh, paul mccartney uh i said barry manilow um elton john rob thompson seal uh-huh. sarah Bareilles, wow phil collins stevie wonder uh-huh jason mraz dolly parton holy shit those are the people that they have worked with. Yeah, it <laughs> seems to be a growing list, too. Yep. Especially when they can collaborate in person again. Mm-hmm. That they'll have even more stars yeah. here with them. It's pretty cool that they're still around together, too, because it seems to me they started kind of as a college acapella group. It wasn't kind of. It was yeah. a college acapella group because their college didn't have one. Uh-huh. And so they started one, and there still is one. Yep at the college and the members have swapped in and out over the years right you know not everybody has stayed there for the entire time that they've been together right but a lot of them have they do their own arrangements Mm -hmm. of songs and they are very very good at recording remotely because you would never know that this had been recorded by each person individually (laughs) i wonder if they still have their one jewish member uh i'm pretty sure they do (laughs) because it's fun because they do these christmas albums and every once in a while he'll get a little solo where yeah well it's in the the 12 days of christmas um when you just start shouting about his dreidel Mm -hmm. and and they drag him out of the song yeah dreidel 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 they made it out of clay (laughs) it depends uh they do it differently in every live performance you never know what they're gonna do with him Mm mm-hmm uh, and there's always at least one black member as well. Usually as a soloist. Yeah. As like the front and center guy, which, you know. He has a lovely voice. Yeah, it's a very nice voice. It's a, it's a big hit also in the 12 Days of Christmas because when they do the 12th day of Christmas, the song is not traditional in any way. Um, it tries to be, but it's not. Yep. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, they'll go into they Toto's in, Africa. Yeah, yeah, they go into Toto's Africa and, and said, it's, I had Christmas down mm. in Africa. And that's when 
the the one black guy comes forward and mm-hmm. he's like got his fist in the air. The crowd goes wild. Yeah, it's it's really enjoyable. <laughs> nice. On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti. Eleven pipers piping, ten lords leaping. Yeah. They are delightful people, live especially. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Tawny Newsom. And I'm Paul F. Tompkins. And we are hosting the official Star Trek podcast, Star Trek The Pod Directive. It is official! <laughs> We're huge Star Trek fans talking to other huge Star Trek fans who just happen to be award-winning actors, writers, politicians. We even got a real-life astronaut in there and more! We're talking to them all about their love of Star Trek, how it influences their everyday lives, and how it continues to impact them and the world around them. Subscribe now to Star Trek The Pod Directive on Apple Podcasts. Live long and prosper. Engage! No. What do you mean, no? (laughs) Moving on, we're to the point. We talked about going back to the tarot again, try to catch up and see if we can finish it off. The major arcana, anyway. Yeah, the major arcana. We'll get around to, I think, the suits eventually. We do all the the suits all at once, all 14 cards. Yep. Isolated. But yeah, we're doing the major arcana and trying to play catch up to where we were. I'll have to figure out exactly when we got back to it (laughs) from our previous incarnation. Mm. Just to make sure that under the dark corner we cover all the cards. But we're at number three, which is actually the fourth card of the tarot because the zero card being the fool. Mm -hmm. We're at the third card, the empress. Uh Right. Where do we want to begin? Should we want to begin with like the just discussion of tarot altogether? Sure, whatever. That I'm we've amazing. said many times before. Yep. The cards themselves with the major arcana with all the picture cards were part of this Italian card game. It was a straight up card game. There were no ways to use it for divination or anything like that. It was specifically to play cards and... The Major Arcana cards were trump cards, which you'll also hear them called mm-hmm. by people in the tarot. They'll talk about the Major Arcana being trump cards. That you know, in a in a game, if you were to lay one down, you know, they have a ranking system that they outrank whatever came before. And I guess with the fool being zero, maybe it was like a wild card, like how our Joker is in our playing yeah. decks these days. Sure. In fact, uh, today's playing cards are very similar. Mm. If you look, you know, with, with the major arcana removed, except for the full, for the Joker, so that you'd have the 13 cards because they got rid of the page. You have a Jack, Queen, King. Mm-hmm. You have that in your, your lesser arcana, plus your ace, and then the following nine cards, you know, two through ten. So it came later that people would use it for divination because the pictures told a story. And you could add these, like, Hungian archetypes to to it it's all about emerging consciousness from the full through the journey from being zero to you know 21 which would be considered adulthood that you go throughout these years of experience and as you go through like one being logic two being intuition and then we can come to three which represents kind of like the mother of identifying with the mother and which would be Life and creativity and abundance and care, protection, these sorts of things 
the way I look at the tarot for divination, I look at it as a meditation tool and a way to, if you're an intuitive person, to kind of inspire that mm-hmm. intuition and to kind of channel and focus it. I like it as a meditation tool because you can look at the image of a card and because the images on the major arcana are so symbolic that you can glean a meaning from what you're looking at and apply it to your life in some way. Mm-hmm. So with the Empress... We have a woman, an older woman, often blonde, with a crown of stars. She's going to bring up an image so she can compare. (laughs) Yeah, you know me too well. Yep. She's often depicted as pregnant. So she's, you know, a mother or a mother-to-be. She'll often be reclining in a chair, usually a rather comfortable chair. There may be a shield at her side against the chair, It's often heart-shaped and with the symbol of Venus on it because this card is controlled by Venus, which is, you know, the planet of love and beauty. And for astrology purposes, it's Taurus, Taurian energy. But yeah, it's it's feminine in a lot of regards and also, you know, powerful symbol of love and beauty. Uh, She's wearing a robe and on her robe are pomegranates. We've already mentioned the pomegranate, I think, with the priestess as being a symbol of the the female sexual organ. Mm -hmm. And so it's a symbol of femininity. And there's wheat. Either she's carrying wheat or there's wheat at her feet. There's also a forest, a very dense forest, possibly a river, maybe even a waterfall. But all these symbols of abundance and nature. In fact, there's a lot of similarities between the Empress and the representation of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Of being this creative goddess and giver of life. Just being a symbol of the natural order or you know natural principles of life and birth and growth and abundance. And that's pretty much what she represents symbolically is is motherhood creativity abundance and yes protection too there is that shield there you know as a mother would protect a child and so very much embodies the feminine principle and feminine power she is the empress she is royal she may be carrying a scepter that shows her authority as as a ruling body of a person of authority so if you think of motherhood you know the mother of a family she has some say in how the family is run, at least in certain families, and the crown being about that as well. And often she's represented in daytime, but not necessarily. It's by my experience that uh, it seems like the priestess is at night and the empress is at day, generally. So that's pretty much the symbology of the card, but we can talk about the numerology of it being the third card of the major arcana. And so it relates to... The 12th and the 21st cards, because if you add one and two, you get three. So the 12th card being the hangman, mm-hmm. which shows a change of perspective, often kind of a, a suspension in time, like a little pause when you have to reflect on where you are. And the 21st card, which is often the final card of a tarot deck, unless it's a different style, like the Osho Zen has a 22nd card called the master which kind of shows enlightenment Yes, that goes beyond the world. But yes, the 21st card is the world, which represents completion, that you've fulfilled this cycle. And that if you think of them being years towards adulthood at 21, you know, maybe you're finally 
adult and that you can move on independently that you've achieved consciousness that you're no longer your brain's no longer continuing to develop it's kind of set that's kind of the principle of of the story of the fool's journey through the major arcana from you know full to to the world and if you think about it it's a bit like the creative process is that if you think of the empress being creativity in itself and then this period of reflection and pause as you're letting things gestate to use a pregnancy term mm-hmm. or you're allowing all those thoughts and ideas to formulate and then finally completion where you can complete this creative work and so all those cards kind of tie in together yeah she also ties into the number three cards of the minor arcana three of swords being heartache Mm. um heartbreak just kind of pain and sorrow three of cups celebration and this is often seen as a celebration of women together the three women with you know cups of wine dancing around in a circle Kind of just a celebration of of womanhood. I've usually seen it uh, represented. Three of Wands. Several meanings with Three of Wands. If you look at the average tarot card of the Three of Wands, it shows somebody walking away. And there's three staffs in the ground. And it looks like they're forming kind of a a portal he's moving through as a kind of departure. Hmm. But it also represents a commitment to something that you're you're choosing a course of action or you know a creative thing to do that you're committed to something and sometimes that means moving away from something else Mm. and then the three of coins represents teamwork of working together towards a common goal Uh, anything you want to say about the empress yeah there's been a lot of vehicle noise vehicular noise lately in our neighborhood which is really weird because our street is so short yeah and not a through street yeah we're a broken street there's a couple of cul-de-sacs in the street we're basically just kind of a, a u-bend yep and so there's really no reason to get through traffic but we get it all the time and i think there's neighbors that have like recreational vehicles that like to ride them every once in a while up and down the street yeah, well, I just, that was a car or yeah. a truck. Truck, it sounded like a pretty large truck. Way too fast. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so yeah, I was looking at um, different interpretations of the Empress, and there were some standard ones, and there were some fucking weird ones. Yeah, there's one of a, of a skeleton, a gold skeleton that's wearing a crown that I saw. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see the heart clearly, mm. if I'm not mistaken, trying to look back at, at the image of that, that card. Yeah. There were a lot of weird ones. Yeah. Like, I didn't see that many weird ones when we were looking at the really? the, the uh, priestess. It was just, like, pretty I standard. I had an opposite kind of thing. I found a lot of them to be identical to the uh, the standard tarot card. It was just a woman reclining in a chair with the shield and yeah, and and forest and stuff. But found yeah. a lot that were mm-hmm. really different. That's cool. I like different interpretations. I wonder what the Giger version of it is, as I know he did. I think just the the main nine or ten mm. tarot cards. There are some that I'm just like, what is yep. happening here? Like that one. 
oh, there's one that's kind of looks like kind of yellow parchment and a black line image with red accents. Mm-hmm. Pretty odd. And there's that one. Okay. Uh, she's pregnant with the earth. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just a giant woman, I guess, that in her belly is the earth itself. Okay, have you got Mother Nature? Kali as the Empress? Mm. Uh, cre- creation destruction, isn't yeah. it? Shiva Shakti kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was Shiva. Yeah. But yeah, Kali is a different thing. Death goddess, I guess. Yeah. Then there's this one. <laughs> like how she's on a podcast showing me <laughs> images and just saying, there's this one. And then she keeps scrolling before I can describe well, it. Well, you were like, oh, I just found a bunch of standard ones. Well, I have shown you a bunch of non-standard yeah, Well, go back to that ones. one that you just said, there's this one, and I didn't get a chance to describe it. Okay. There's a hooded death. There's black, gold, and silver. Uh, this death figure is sitting in a throne facing the viewer but the head is turned to the left i want to no right to the right and the feet are on this little pedestal but there's plenty of growth around there's like these ferns so there's still this image of nature being abundant but that's even definitely though death night. is there yeah it's definitely night because there's stars around and there's a yellow moon which is a bit odd there is a scepter there's a scepter, so yeah, there's that control. I don't see a shield, though. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some weird ones. Let me find one of the other weird ones. Actually, this one isn't weird. I just like it. She looks like she might be Egyptian, maybe? But she has the heart-shaped... It looks like a heart-shaped box rather than a shield at mm-hmm. her side with the Venus symbol. She's reclined. She doesn't appear to be pregnant, though she could be. But yeah, there's the river... That's forms of waterfall, and then there's abundant uh, forest behind her, and ice for some reason. I think they're crystals. Crystals. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, this one's whacked. A black and white image that looks like it was woodblock reversed, where, yeah, it's like a negative image in which what would appear black on a standard image appears white, so it looks like a photo negative, but yeah, it's a... Woman with crossed legs sitting in a throne. Looks like she's adorned with a crown. And her gown is adorned with images. It looks like mostly stars. Oh, she has a cat at her feet. And then there's plenty of nature as well. There's a forest behind her and various flowers. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah. And then um, there's the gothy one. Vampire. Oh, the vampire tarot. I've heard about this. That she's got the crown of the stars. Uh, she's reclined on a chase lounge from looks of it. There is the river behind her that forms a waterfall. There is the forest, but they're barren trees. And instead of wheat, there are skulls and rib cages and other bones at her feet. And she's reclining kind of um, Elvira, uh, Mistress of the Dark kind of style. She has the Venus symbol around her neck as a choker. And she's carrying, or she's cradling in one hand, a goblet of I would expect uh, blood. Yeah, I would expect that as well. Yeah. She's also got a little bit, I uh, yeah, a little her. bit on her chin, little little bit bit of of, on a little the bit chin. of blood on the chin. Yeah, so you can see how certain things cross over, even in more creative depictions of the Empress, such as the regal nature of the character of the card, also being you know seated, yes. and the the river, which shows like the flow of time, and also how it provides 
you know, how a, a river provides like the Nile through Egypt would provide irrigation for the various vegetation around. Yeah. Being life-giving. Okay, this one is extremely different. It's a woman with pink hairs raising her hood to reveal an inner light that looks like it's the sun. And then the many planets of the solar system beneath her. And then there's various vegetation above her, leaves and palm fronds and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it that's an odd one. Yeah. But if you think of, you know, the sun giving life, that might be the image they are going for. And last one, I promise. Okay. Ooh, uh, another one that seems to be taking place at night. We have a woman's profile. In the back, I think, is supposed to be maybe the sun, but it might be the moon. It's hard to tell. But yeah, she's in profile. She has a crown, several crowns that appear to have stars or crosses somewhere between the two. Yeah, but there's just this ideal of, you know, the, the divine feminine is the prospect you get. Mm. Those look like stars. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at them more closely. Because I know there's like, I think it might be the Greek cross that has like another X in the middle of it. Like it's a cross and then in the cross there's like another X. Yes. Greek Orthodox or something like that. Yeah, there's some interesting interpretations. Yeah, it's fun to go through Google Images with three, you know, the Roman numeral three and then Empress and then you can look at or even add tarot and look at the very different interpretations because a lot of artists they like to do tarot cards because it's a good source of inspiration is how you would interpret the image symbolically on a card so yeah you get a lot of actually commercially released tarots and then just people doing their own thing creatively and they're all in google images for you to peruse and you get the impression looking through all of them you know the similarities between all of them about the divine feminine, about the regal nature of it, about the Mother Earth, you know, the Earth goddess aspect of it. If Zatanna was the empress. Oh, yeah, it looks like a stage magician, and she's even doing kind of a, a reveal of her cape. You know, her cape's out, she's wearing a top hat, and yeah, you see plenty of vegetation all around her. It's Art Nouveau, I think that's the Art Nouveau tarot, which is an interesting looking tarot deck this just says it's a painting oh nice but yeah it's done in a very art nouveau style it looks like something you might have seen in what like 1920s france yeah all of this i found just by searching the empress tarot oh nice so yeah there's a lot of different interpretations there i mean same in a lot of cases the same basic structure but combined in very different ways yeah yeah just different aspects of the card being represented more or less throughout of what people might latch onto, you know, what the artist might uh, relate to mm -hmm. with the interpretation. And speaking of interpretation, I like with the Major Arcana to tie it into Star Wars. Yep. This one's difficult because Star Wars, especially the original trilogy, is very light on women characters. Sure enough. And even afterwards, you get women characters, but there's not a whole lot of variety. You don't get a whole lot of range of nope. women characters. So I would put Mon Mothma in as... I was going to say that. The Empress, because you get that air of authority. Uh -huh. You get the femininity, and you get that it's a character that sues for peace. Yes. That prefers peace to war. 
will go to war if necessary, but would prefer peace yes. and has kind of a motherly nature of being basically like the mother of the rebellion. Even if you do dig deeper into the Star Wars mythos and realize there's somebody even above her by the name Dodonna, I think, who's a guy, which I don't like at all. So I don't know why a guy has to be in charge of the whole rebellion. Why can't it be Mon Mothma? Why can't she be the one? Because this was all dreamed up by an old white guy. Yep. So. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would put Mon Mothma as the empress. Excellent. Yep. That was my choice too. It's the first person that popped into my head. Yeah. uh, It's it's really most fitting because Leia is the priestess. She just is. Yes. I mean, her being force sensitive for one thing mm-hmm. and naturally so i mean even without training that she's so well tapped into the force that she can foresee certain things yep and that she's also the keeper of secret knowledge which would be the plans of the Death, you know the death star that that's her whole thing well technically it's the robot that's yeah. holding them yeah the robot's <laughs> holding it but it was her duty to to retrieve them and hide them yep yeah so yeah so Rogue One goes into a whole other things about that. So, yeah. Well, she had to get the plan somehow. Yeah, it's not somehow, like she stormed yeah. a base nope. and stole them. She wasn't the ones that, you know, she got them from the mini Boffins died. Yeah. To bring us this information. Or is that Boffins? Boffins. And uh, that was for the second Death Star. Yeah. So I always thought it was Boffins because Boffins is like British for no. technically wise people. No. B-O-T-H-A-N. <laughs> Boffins. Many Boffins died to get this. It's <laughs> so like, oh, many the, Boffins died. It's what they call what? Including in the Lady Boffins. Bones or the squints. <laughs> the people that squint at things. It's because they're the, the technical folks. We have Boffins. Lovely. We have Boffins. Lovely. Lovely, women, lovely, lovely Lady, lady Boffins. Boffins. I thought you said we had Lovely Lady Boffins. Uh, lady Boffin, uh, take off your glasses. Oh, no <laughs> Lady Boffin. Uh, glasses back on. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. John Fenimer's uh, souvenir program, the whole thing on uh, the cats and God, training them to fight Nazis, is one of my over. favorite um, sketches of all time. It, his stuff is just amazing. Yeah, and that's a particularly favorite of mine. Mm-hmm, mine too. We've discovered that, well, the cats have identified with the principles of the Nazis, sir. <laughs> they kind of share the same ideals. Are you telling me our cats are Nazis? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's like them doing the navigation training. Okay, church with the spire. Meow. Church with the steeple. Meow. Bridge. Meow. <laughs> and you could hear like a sound of a paw hitting the map mm-hmm. every time yep. it's pointing something out. Uh, We've called it cat dav. Just, just found the cat chasing around a sardine boat. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Sooty. Don't hand me down, old chap. Church with a spire. Meow. Church with a steeple. Meow. Well done. May I? Uh, please. Bridal path permitted for public use. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Meow. The Krupp Munitions Factory in the Essen. <sighs> well... Can't he do that? That's what we need. Well, he can, sir, yeah, but he's just the one drawback, sir. We're used to working with dogs, of course. And dogs love us and want us to do well. Cats are indifferent to us and don't care if we die. I think that signifies that we might be done with uh, discussing this uh, card of the tarot. Yes, we have gone off the rails. Uh, I'll release a bonus episode with music related to this card as well. Excellent. A lot of the 
the meanings that were discussed here. Don't really do reverse meanings. No. I didn't even look them up. But imagine usually they're an inverse of whatever it is. So if it's about creativity, it could be stagnation. If it's about protection, it might be about uh, vulnerability. Mm, indeed. So. And agreed. Agreed. All right. What do you think? Shout outs? Shout outs. Hey, hey! I actually have a shout out. I didn't have to think about this one. Oh I kind of planned it in advance. Yeah, so good. There is a podcast out there called We Have a Technical, which is based on a Gary Newman song. I think they're on uh, I Die, You Die network. And they're two guys. At least one of them is Canadian. I think maybe both of them are, but there's one that's definitely sounds Canadian. And they talk about industrial EBM culture. And I popped in because I've been following them on Twitter for a while, but I thought, you know what? I don't have anything to, else to listen to right now. I've been meaning to kind of listen and i also were kind of trepidatious because there's this imposter syndrome thing that you know i consider myself part of the culture but there's always that thought that i'm gonna go in listen to somebody and realize how out of the loop i am Mm. (laughs) but i found one where they reviewed this album i picked up back in the 90s when i was going to college meet beat manifestos 99 percent. they did a commentary to it they just played the album in the background and talked over it wow and discussed all the different aspects of the album and how it's a lot more like hip-hop than a lot of people would assign to it. Mm. (laughs) That he would rap lyrics over and a lot of the music was kind of like this this British style called Grebo that Pop Will Eat Itself is known for. And they, I guess they had like a Twitter poll as to who you know, what album they were going to do a commentary for. And it was between those two and Meet Beat Manifesto won out. Hmm. But it was fun. They were also talking about DJ culture and how he'd bring back elements from previous songs and later songs, like a DJ might mix stuff and that the the song Dog Star and how it's actually two songs, but he combined them both and then brought elements of the first song into the second song (laughs) so that you'd realize why they were linked together. But it was good because it, it's a really good Meet Beat Manifesto album. It's not my favorite, but it, it it's probably the most um, unified, consistent, I guess, mm. throughout. Because there's so many hip-hop elements in it. And he even talked about the Armed Audio Warfare album that he was originally going to release as their first album. But it ended up being the second because they had a fire oh. at the studio. Uh. And that uh, Dangers was actually quite happy about that because he wasn't happy with what he had done originally oh so he got to go back uh find what elements of samples and stuff he had and recompile it and do it closer to his original desire and what he had learned you know from that process and be able to improve on it it's kind of like if you had a failed podcast you know like the the file got corrupted or something and you have to go back and record it a second time and realize oh wait this is actually better than the first time we did it because, you know, there's some things we left out the first time. So mm. I can kind of relate to that. Is going, okay, this was really a bummer, but at the same time, it's kind of a nice opportunity to improve on what I had done originally. Because I have that album, too. Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Cool album. So, yeah, I might have to pop in and listen to some other stuff. I think they do interviews with people in the scene as well. But there's always that fear of don't meet your heroes kind of thing, <laughs> you know some of the bigger artists but yeah 
And I kind of did that because we just ended up talking on Twitter about being sent files mm. by record companies or artists. And they send you something that's like, okay, what are you doing? The whole thing's in the title of the MP3 track. It's like, is this yeah. the song title? Is this the album title? Is this your band's name? What is this? Yeah. It's like, it's so clear that, you know, you can assign different things. Yeah, it's called doing the metadata. It's yeah. not that hard. Yeah, the metadata being way off. Because there's some stuff in my music library that I don't know the song. I don't know the album. I don't know the band. <laughs> it's like all I have is the time signature. Oh, good grief. Because nothing was attached in the metadata. Do your metadata yep. studios? God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and somebody else joined and said they, they also don't like when a band will put in you're listening to this by this band because <laughs> you're not going to play that as a DJ. Nope. I mean, you might do that promotionally to listen to it, to write a review, but you're not going to play that for an audience. No, you're not. That's my shout out. We have a technical, the podcast. Okay. I forgot what my shout out is. Oh, I'm no. Kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I know. I was about to remind you. It's a joke. Uh, my shout out is Ketwalski. Ah, Ketwalski. Ketwalski is a YouTuber. He talks mostly about Star Trek. Mostly. Mostly. He mostly talks about Star Trek, mostly. Does reviews and stuff like that. He is also um, a fan of trolling trolls. Oh, he's one <laughs> of those guys. Because, you know. There is all of this bullshit that happens on YouTube, especially with a group of people that are affectionately termed the fandom menace. Oh, yes. I know the fandom menace well. Yeah. There's this one guy, Doomcock. I mean, right there. Mm-hmm. You just know yeah. he's a horrible person. Oh, yeah. And they're always, oh, Alex Kurtzman has been fired again. And it's just like, oh, no, this time it's real. And there's no Discovery Season 4. And I I love that like a few days before a certain event happened, they're like, yeah, there is no Discovery Season 4. It was canceled back in February. There is not going to be a Season 4. A few days later, there's this video on Twitter with Sonequa Martin-Green mm-hmm. and Doug Jones talking about how excited they are to start production on Season 4. Yeah, that didn't work out so good for you guys, did it? But what he did was he went into all their little places where they disseminate this information. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that none of it is based on fact. There is zero fact. It's all just rumors and hearsay. Mm -hmm. But they, their mindset is if two or more people are saying it, there's something there. (laughs) That's bullshit. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how many people are saying it. That's the rumor mill is what that is. Yeah. And that's, that's the nature of social media these days is that, Oh, two or more people are talking about this. Therefore it's a thing. No, No. that isn't true. That's wishful thinking. That's an echo chamber. He he was seeding certain things into these places watching them run with it, uh-huh. publicizing it on their YouTube channels, 
and uh, talking about how they had several, you know, had they had two sources saying this stuff. And then he came out with a video saying, no, you guys made that up because I'm the one who made that up mm -hmm. and sent it to all of you. <laughs> yep. So I bow down to him mm -hmm. as, and he's a very smart guy. Yeah. And he's also very funny. And I, we actually got to have him on the Vedic Assembly a few weeks ago. Right. And it was just really a good time. And I just enjoy talking Yay. to him. Yep really cool dude it was kind of surreal for me because i'm like i've been admiring this guy from afar now i'm talking to him oh yeah he's just a real person because yeah he was in the thanks or the treks giving thing too huh? yes he was yeah. he was indeed so yeah. good times good times and uh if you like star trek just uh, go find his uh, youtube channel which is i believe real ketwalski if i yep. remember or is it just ketwalski He's on Twitter, real Kempowski. Oh yeah, because of you and because of doing what the future holds, and because of vehicular noise outside, um, I've gotten kind of deep into the whole Star Trek Twitter thing now. Yep, it's quite a community, mm -hmm. and I've rarely seen a community so diverse as the Trek community. It's insane how diverse it is. Mm -hmm. Find all kinds of people there. Everybody. It's great. Everybody's. Everybody's welcome except for intolerant people. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there is no tolerance for intolerance. Nope. That it, is the one thing that we don't have to tolerate is intolerance. Nope. Or intolerable behavior. Yep. If you're going to act intolerably, we're going to not tolerate you because that would be impossible. So quit uh, citing itic in defense of your bad behavior. Uh, yeah. That's not how itic works. I like how people have to explain that. It's like, okay, infinite diversity and infinite combinations does not include Nazis. Nope, sure doesn't. That is not part of the diversity part of things. Mm-hmm. It's actually counter to it. Yep. Because they want homogeny. Anyway, yeah, Ketwalski. So. Yay. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the end of the show. A little bit of a shorter episode, which is fine. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll return with a bonus episode. Ooh. Which will probably be in the start of December with the music inspired by the Empress Guard. And I guess until then, take care. Toodaloo. You have been listening to the Dark Corner Podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com. I am at Dark Corner Cast on Twitter. Brandy is Brandy112, Brandy with an I. We have both a Facebook page and group to join, both titled The Dark Corner Podcast. Contact us via darkcornerpodcast.com or email me at thedarkcornerpod at gmail.com. The dark track of the episode was offered for free or has been submitted by the artist or artist's representative. Other music is used for illustrative purposes and no infringement of copyright is intended. The opening song is Our Promise, the 2020 version by Studio X versus Simon Carter. The closing track is Goodbye by Nina Me. Want more of Brandy? You can see her on The Unready Room with Dan Gunther talking about the latest episode of Star Trek over YouTube on Kurtz Rats Productions, that is Star Trek Backwards, each Friday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can also see her on the Outpost 13 Twitch channel each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific, recording the general Star Trek discussion show, Infinite Trek, with her co-host Aaron Harvey. 
Infinite Trek is later released as an audio podcast. You can also hear her talk more Trek on the Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, as well as Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast. You can hear Brandy and me with our friend Chris on the What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast on Hollow Sweet Media. Brandy also hosts her own solo podcast, Headcanon, right here on the darkcornerpodcast.com network. Our gratitude goes to Mr. Tom Elliott of the Twilight Zone podcast for kindly hosting our site. And thank you for listening and take care out there. The Department of Evil. The Dark Corner.